Welcome to episode 182 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me the Patsy, the angry nerd. And here we are yet again, deep, deep, deep within the bowels of Magenta Manor in the Pat Cave. Deep in the bowels. That's where we are. Just so far, so far down in the bowels that not even Taco Bell can get us out. And uh, so we are, of course, a part of the Dorkening Network, and we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Remember, once you go deadly, you don't go back. And I am, of course, joined by my weird face-looking co-host in life and on the show. She's looking at me weird. She doesn't have a weird face. Just at the moment, she kind of does. She's looking at me weird because of that taco bowels thing that I said. She doesn't know where that came from. And to be honest, neither do I, although I have been drinking peanut butter whiskey. Uh, she is the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of wine, and the queen of the monsters, in addition to being an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ashes Von Nightmare. Hi. I don't even know how to start this off. I, I'm just I'm just so like flabbergasted by your, your, your starting off the episode like that. Well, you know, you were giving me a hard time about, like, why do you always say bowels? So I just decided to turn it up to 11, because that's... Uh, that's what I do. That's what I do. And uh, so, what are we? What are we? Uh, what are we doing this week? This week, we're finally we're we're actually not talking about something that's depressing and sad. We're uh, we're not talking about like part of our childhood that we've lost forever. Uh, we're talking about something else. What are we doing this week? We're talking about Mogwai, and, and not the not the metal band, the cute little fuzzy things. The the. Metal band might be cute little fuzzy guys. I this don't know. is true. I've never seen a picture of them, so I don't want to discriminate. They might be cute little fuzzy guys. Maybe they're Monchichis, but they're a metal band, and they call themselves Mogwai because, you know, that's what they want to do. They want to be Mogwai. They don't want to be Monchichis. Could you imagine being furry like a Monchichi? No. I couldn't imagine being a furry either. Like, I wouldn't want to do that. That's... That's not that's not in my wheelhouse. That could be kind of fun though. No, no. dressing up in like costumes. And well, stuff? dressing up like cosplaying is one thing, but like the entire furry lifestyle, just not my thing. Be like that on American Dad. Like there'd be like one guy that shows up as a car and pretends to run you over. Like that'd be weird. All right. So instead of talking about furries and uh, stuff like that, because we're not kink shaming, it's just we're not into that. That's not my thing. Uh, and as far as I know, you're not into that. Like, that's never really been brought up. So uh, today we are going to be talking about, like you said, don't give me that look. That's a weird-ass <laughs> look. I don't know. I'm intri- no, it's, it's not something I would try, but I'm, I'm interested to having, in, like, having a conversation with somebody who's Oh, sure. Uh, we, could talk to, we could talk to Crumb. I'm sure Crumb knows all about that, you know, from uh, Casual Sex with Crumb uh, uh, on the Somebody's Network. Very good sex positive uh, podcast. Check him out. He's always interviewing various uh, various people who are uh, associated with the uh, adult industry in uh, many ways, shapes, and forms. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The first thing that popped into my head was the uh, the guys from The Shining. The guy with the, the bear or dog costume. And it's like, not my thing. But, you know, I I get it. You know, that's... You want to explore? We're getting way the fuck off topic here. This is my fault for talking about bowels. You know, you're talking about furries. But when we were in the liquor store earlier, there was like this Christmas song about a Christmas bear. And that's all I could think of was furries. I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at... Well, it's some country song. And I was like, what the fuck am I listening to right now? And then I kind of tuned into the words a little bit. And it was something, something about a Christmas bear and like... We're so excited the Christmas bear is here. And it's a country bear jamboree. Listen, if you want to listen to something Christmassy that definitely won't uh, leave you disappointed, check out the uh, Cretans Guild Christmas Read, where Ashes and I took, took part in this. Uh, basically, it's a whole bunch of podcasters taking over and kind of really... I mean, Dickens must be spinning in his grave because we did a Christmas carol, but we like ad-libbed and there was a lot of, there were far too many references to foreskin and fresca. So uh, our buddy Bob, who will be on next week's Shark Bites uh, from the Cretans Guild, the Nerd or Not podcast, actually um, 
edited everything together because he's a, a wizard when it comes to that. So, and uh, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the whole thing, but what I have heard, it was just absolutely amazing. And don't listen to it at work on a high volume. Yeah, definitely not suitable for work. Some Headphones. Of, some of us were um, quite inebriated when recording this, so... And by some of us... I mean me. Yes. The <laughs> mistress of Merlot was Merloaded. I like that, Merloaded. Yes, I just came up with that right this second. All right, so we are talking today about uh, Mogwais, and specifically uh, Gizmo and his friends. Well, not friends, more like associates. More like frenemies. Co- co-workers. Uh, yeah, for lack of a better word. He's a friend from work. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about the 1984 Gremlins film in which Gizmo is, I would say, the star, because it's certainly not uh, uh, anyone other than him, because he's definitely the most huggable. Though, I will say Phoebe Cates close second on the huggability scale in that movie. I will. Uh, Zach Galligan. Zach not Galligan's bad. also adorable. Yes. He really is. And, and he's really nice in real life, too. Yes. He, we've had nothing but good interactions with that gentleman. So uh, he's always been cool to us. Professor, we've only had good interactions with that gentleman. Yes, he's a fine, upstanding gentleman. <laughs> uh, wears sock garters. I don't know if he wears sock garters. But, you know, if he does, I'm sure he rocks them with style. I mean, not like Timothy Dalton could, but uh, everybody knows Timothy Dalton wears sock garters. We saw it in Hot Fuzz. So, yeah, so that's, uh, we're talking about uh, gremlins and gizmos. We've got gremlins and gizmos, gizmos of plenty. plenty. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have a getting into character question uh, almost 10 minutes in before we've even mentioned what's going on. I do. So, we want to know what fictional creature would you like most as a pet? So, any fictional creature, it could be a mogwai, it could be. I don't know. Uh, a Manchichi. Uh, yeah, sure. A Manchichi or a Muppet or, you know, a what, very manly what Muppet? have you. Yeah, a, a Muppet of a man. Ooh. So, do you have one? Do you want me to go first? I have one. All right. Well, why don't you go first and I'll kind of keep thinking about mine. Because, well, there's a, a lot. There are a lot. I see cute things. I want to have cute things in my life. Um, so there are a lot of cute things out there. Mogwai being one of them, you know, it would be great to have a Mogwai as a pet, but I feel like the rules are a little too stiff with Mogwai. And after seeing the films, you know, you really want to make sure you follow those rules because, you know, just, it would just wreak havoc on, on everything. What if it's an especially humid day? Does that count as like getting them wet? Like, right. You know, like what if I spill wine on my Mogwai? Like, does he turn the wine into water? Like a bunch of drunken little popples come by, come popping off his right? back. Right. I mean, actually, now that I think of it, that would be amazing. But but anyways, you know, and we all know my current obsession is Baby Yoda, the little green baby babushka. Yiddle. I love him so much. But upon thinking about it, you know, his life cycle is crazy. Like right now, this little green fuzzy, fuzzy thing is 50 years old and he's maybe what, a toddler? Which means. Uh, yodler. He's a yodler. Which means that, you know, I could get him in this cute little stage, but he would clearly outlive me. And, you know, I don't know if I would want to deal with something in this cute little baby stage forever. Although this seems to be a really fun little baby stage that he's having right now. Well, I mean, look at it, twist it the other way. Like, you know, very rarely do you have a... Like, if you want something that's going to outlive you, you need a tortoise or a tree. But if you have... I love my tree. Every other pet, I mean, it's you're basically reversing the, the life cycle. I tried taking my tree for a walk once. We didn't get too far. Well, you should have gotten an ant. Huh? Yeah, so we're going to be, next year, we're going to be covering Lord of the Rings because she didn't get that reference. What? Yeah, she doesn't know what an ant is. I will say... I can totally get on the bo- on board with the whole like one ring to rule them all because I really like jewelry. They are entertaining. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I made so, an pun. So anyways, uh, so I decided against Baby Yoda, Little Green Babushka, uh, for the time being, because there has been one constant ever since I saw this film. I was like, oh my God, I, I want one. I want one. It could be like a puppy. It would be great. We could, you know, hula dance together and it would be fabulous. I want Stitch. I knew that's what you were going to go I with. want this little blue adorable alien who sort of kind of talks, who's a little rambunctious, who drinks coffee out of a bottle. That's what I want. Other than the blue part, that's pretty much me. Ye- I sort of kind of talk. I drink coffee out of a bottle. I'm very rambunctious. But like, you are neither little... Nor cute. So. I am very cute. I don't know what you're talking so about. I, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyways, my answer, long story short, is Stitch. So do you have one? Oh, yeah, I have one. Okay. A Wookiee. I want a Wookiee friend. I want a Wookiee friend because, A, we can have whole conversations. Nobody else will know what, what he's talking about. Um, you can give a cookie to your Wookiee. I could, but I would not want Nookie from that Wookiee. So... You had something on your little teeth. There. You had something on your tooth. Leave my teeth alone. I don't know. They're toofies. That's that little toofy. No, no, no. The little green baby babushka has yiddo toofies. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yiddo toofies. But, yeah, I would. I would want a Wookiee because, like, <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> that was the worst Wookiee. <laughs> that was like a Wookiee. Doing an impression of what a car sounds like. I didn't get like. the flip right. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to do it. <laughs> that was even worse. <laughs> or if you watch the uh, the uh, trailer video, the honest trailer. for I'm sounding uh, less like Chewbacca and more like Lumpy. You're sounding more like you're in like a dying giraffe. Um if you if you watch the new uh, honest trailer for the trailer for Rise of Skywalker, there is one quote that they attribute to uh, Chewbacca, and he goes McClunky, which is like <laughs> one of the funniest things that I've seen all year. And it's December seventeenth uh, today, uh, not when you're listening to this, but when we're recording it. So yeah, I would want to. I would want a Wookiee. I thought about maybe like Falcor, because like. I could, like, hey, Falcor, let's go get pizza, and then we could go get pizza and fly around. I thought about also Jaws, but, like, I don't know where I would keep him when he, like, when we weren't at the beach. Like, what, what are the I? bathtub? Yeah, but he's, like, 25 feet long and So you're going to get tons. a really big bathtub. You're going to need a bigger tub. Yes. Um, no, I think uh, I think a Wookiee is the, the way to go because, like, A, like, nobody would mess with me because... He would rip their arms off. Like they're super strong. They live a long time. So, like again, I would be like a like you were saying with little Yoda guy. Wookies have like a four hundred year lifespan. So I would be like a a dog to him. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's so you would be his pet. Essentially, yes. Kind of like how Han is is Chewbacca's pet. Like I would be. It would be like a the similar arrangement. But yeah, I think Wookie is the way to go for me. But we want to know what you think. Let us know. Hit us up on the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Insta Pods, whatever it's. No, the Instant Instant Pods. Those are the Facegrams. Insta Pods are the uh, the Insta Books. The stupid uh, cooker thingies. Yeah, like the pressure cooker. The, the that, that's co- an Insta Pod. Yes. Yeah, it's like Insta Pod. It's, it's a. a I did not get any marijuana from the one that I purchased, so I was uh, I was very upset that it was blatant fraudulent advertising. Threw some seeds in there, and it wasn't instantly pot. I was like, "This is some straight up McClunky right here." Yeah, I used it twice in a, in a segment. So, um, but yeah, I, I think. That's a good place to kind of stop. Yes, I please stop. Making please stop. Powerful, good points. Uh, so yeah, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss uh, the roots That's and viral. origins of Gizmo, like where he came from. Viral. Where did he come from? Where did he go? Viral. Where did he come from? Fuzzy Gizmo. <laughs> I just that was all uh, ad lib. 
you're pretty proud of yourself for that I one. I am. That huh? was pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about what Mogwai actually means like, and how it's uh, connected to Chinese culture. The novelization of Gremlins, yeah. which I didn't know was a it's thing. It's a thing. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about all that and more when we come back after these messages. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. We all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, star of Sci-Fi Channel's Megalodon. This is Emma. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. Hey guys, this is James Thomas, director of Megalodon. Hi guys, this is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. And you're listening to Patsy the Angry Nerd and Ashes Von Nightmare. And you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. Because you never can tell. There just might be a gremlin in your house. And we are back. Hopefully you recognize that uh, that music as the Gremlins theme. And uh, we'll have more Gremlins-themed stuff for you as uh, the episode progresses. But what I f- figured we'd do, because like I, I mentioned prior to uh, coming back from break, we did a lot of research on this, and we came up with some really interesting tidbits that I had no idea, like Ash has found out about the novelization. I had no clue there ever was a novelization. But it shouldn't surprise me. It's probably written by Alan Dean Foster because he did a ton of uh, stuff like that, including the novelization of Alien. So just throwing that out there. But I have no idea who wrote, who wrote it. But um, So as we see in the film, um, the Mogwai is in a shop, a small shop, that was obviously lampooned in the Simpsons episode with the Talking Krusty doll um, in Chinatown. And what's interesting is the word magwai is um, something out of Chinese mythology. So according to Chinese tradition, magwai are certain demons which inflict harm on humans. Now, this isn't always the case, but it's usually the case. So, and another connection to the movie that I thought was interesting, they tend to reproduce... um, their mating seasons are triggered by the coming of rain, which I thought was kind of cool. So you take a little bit of that, and if you're not familiar, Ashes is going to give you more more detail on that in a moment. So the term mo, because this is a, a combination of two words. Uh, so the term mo is from the Sanskrit word mara, which means evil beings or death. Um, and guai while not necessarily meaning evil or demonic spirits, it means uh, the souls of a dead person. So similar to poltergeist, like if you look at some of these um, like you know references, like see also, like it gives you vengeful ghost is one of the uh, options. So almost like a poltergeist. So what these things uh, represent are, are spirits or ghosts 
that come to uh, non-family members that uh, take vengeance on living, living humans who cause them pain while they're still alive. So what, uh, what the uh, folks who believed in these things would do would burn usually fake money, but sometimes real paper money, um, to give to these spirits to use in the afterlife if they were wronged somehow. It's almost like paying your debts uh, spiritually. By burning the money, they would somehow have access to it in the afterlife. It's a very interesting uh, and complex mythology. I mean, that's just kind of like a uh, quick overview. So it's like if you wronged someone in in life and they died, they would come back and haunt you until you burned enough money to kind of keep the spirit away. Like, hey, Tony, stop haunting me. Here's the 20 I owe you. Yeah, something like that. It's like, hey, quit haunting me, you jerk. And then you'd burn a bunch of money. Didn't necessarily have to be real money. Like you could like you monopoly know. money. I well, at this point, I'm saying you know if it's if it's hundreds of years because this mythology goes back centuries. You know, maybe you draw. Monopoly something. is a very old game. It is, but not that old. Like you know, you draw something, or you know, you put some sort of value. Even like an IOU might work. I owe you twenty dollars. Or do like the my cousin Vinny trick, where you have like. The the one dollar on a uh, or a twenty on a stack of like just pieces of paper like it's newspaper you just stack it up it's like oh look at all this money and you burn that and they don't notice that only the top one is actual money and everything else is newspaper you know you could trick them like that if the person that you think is haunting you wasn't overly smart you're already dead but one of the things I do touch on in the movie as far as mythology goes is the. the fact that World War II pilots were always talking about gremlins sabotaging their, their aircraft, which we get to see a, a an actual representation of in two amazingly well-done uh, Twilight Zone episodes. One with, of course, William Shatner, Terror at 20,000 Feet. It's like, there's something on the wing. And he was like this big furry guy. So like the, the Chinese spirits weren't like creatures of any sort. They weren't like... You know, mogwais, like that we see in the movie, they were people. And, you know, obviously the other representation we saw with the Twilight Zone was the John Lithgow version of that same uh, classic episode where there was a gremlin destroying the plane that they were on. And when they landed, they finally see all the damage that it caused, even though everyone thought he was a raving lunatic. Which was, again, lampooned by the Simpsons in terror at five and a half feet. And they're like, Otto, there's a gremlin on the side of the bus. And they ram Hans Moleman driving his AMC gremlin off the road. But uh, that's what I have for, you know, the mythology and, you know, what it meant to, like, Chinese culture and, you know, more recently World War II stuff. So, Ashes, what did you find out about what Mogwai are? So, according to the novelization of the first film, the Mogwai are a result of genetic manipulations by an alien scientist named Moog Terman to create a creature that would evoke good-naturedness and goodwill amongst the galaxy. The Mogwai were then sent out to three planets, Kalem 6 in the Porosity Range, Clinth A of the Beehive Pollux, and the third planet of Minor Sun number 67672, which was Earth. However, a slight miscalculation caused all but one in 10,000 to be mischievous and evil, and and the transformation Mogwai can go through being totally unintended. Only one in 10,000 are gentle, and as a result, is hated by their brethren, also, the previous mentioned Mogwai, the good one, is effectively immortal. Gizmo is gentle and has had a long list of historical figures that have owned him. Therefore, it is clear that he is the immortal type. The naughty gremlins are what was referred to throughout time as pixies and goblins and ultimately used the term gremlins, like Patsy said. So... In the film and in the novelization, there are rules. And in the film, it's Mr. Wing's grandson 
who reveals that there are three very important rules that anyone who is taking care of a mogwai should know. One, don't put it near light, especially sunlight, because it can kill them. Two, don't let it get wet with water, nor give it any water to drink or bathe it. And three, no matter how much it begs, no matter how much it cries, never feed it after midnight. So if a mogwai gets wet, it spawns new mogwais from its back. Small bottles of fur that are approximately the size of a marble will pop out of the wet mogwai's back, and then the fur balls start to grow in size before unfolding themselves into new and fully grown mogwais. This process does not take much time, but it still usually takes, uh, you know, a couple of minutes. minutes There's a lot of mucus. According to the novel, the creator, the scientist of this species, wanted the mogwai to be able to easily reproduce themselves. This shows mogwais have asexual reproduction. The cocoon and gremlin stage are unwanted defects from when the mogwai species was created. It turned out all of the positive attributes attributes are recessive so obviously with gizmo being the one in ten thousand he has all of the recessive traits the recessive genes that these naughty gremlins uh, or i should say the naughty mogwai have and that is shown when gizmo reproduces because the spawn of gizmo aren't as good natured and a bunch of jerks they're very um playful but not in a good way very yeah very mischievous and naughty and they hung the dog up with the christmas lights like a bunch of dicks does it say which historical figures had Gizmo? No, no. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I didn't find it in my research. I'm sure maybe in the novelization it actually goes into detail, but I didn't find anything like that. But one of the things that actually pissed me off about the film is why didn't anybody ask what Mogwais were? Why didn't anybody question? That's what I was saying when we were watching it. It's like, hey, like, what's seriously, that it's thing? Like, hey, here's a brand new creature. Oh, cool. Like, let me bring it home for my son as a Christmas present. Like, you don't know what the hell that is. You don't know what it eats. And like this little kid's like, hey, yeah, so three rules, right? Don't let it near sunlight. Don't get it wet. And don't feed it after midnight. Like, that's it. And and the guy's like, Mr. Peltzer's like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine. That's and cool. That's, see, that's, I can abide by those rules. Like, whatever. Came, came to me and said, yeah, here's this living organism that you've never seen before that, like, you have no clue where it came from, what it is, you know, don't give it any water. Everything on the planet, every complex organism drinks water. What is 75% water? 70 72. I don't know. I'd have well, to with the up. melting polar ice caps, it might be 75 now. Yeah, I think you're right. It's 70%. But, you know, either you live in water or you drink water for, all, like, every complex organism. Like, there's not one that's like, no, I don't want any water. Like, so that right there should throw you off. But, like, the like you were saying, like, the really relaxed and, like, you know, laissez-faire types of... Uh, 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 reactions that people had to this like Corey feldman who was like you know 11 or whatever in in this in this movie sees him and he's like what's that oh it's a mogwai what's he doing oh he's playing the keyboard and singing like what so i have a note oh okay kind of cool let me just go back to this 3d comic book Ooh, 3d glasses so neat i have a note here in my notes that says Corey feldman is a reason why we can't have nice things yeah because he screws up and, and well he's the one who knocks on the glass of water yeah on on gizmo because it was he wasn't the, paying attention yeah the uh he had like paint brushes or whatever yes. inside the thing and he knocked yep. it down and it spilled on him and like they all popped off and he's like oh can i have one like that right there it's like this thing just reproduced and you watch them grow from a marble to like a you know I would say a teddy bear sized. It's you know, almost like a creature. sponge. Sponges reproduce by budding. This is kind of like the alien creature version of budding. Yes. And like, that's your reaction? Like this thing, I mean, and first of all, like, the fact that Gizmo screeches out in pain, like, you kind of feel for this little creature because he's been nothing Well, like, but you good see him and boiling, innocent. essentially. Right, right. But, like, you see how much pain he's in and you feel so bad for him because just like, all he was doing was just being cute and snuggly and gentle and nice and serenading people with his little... 
That's you what said? I do. And people are always spilling water on me. But the difference between you and Gizmo is you are not voiced by Howie Mandel. No. And that was another thing I wanted to talk about is the talent, the voice talent in this fucking movie. Like, we were looking through the IMDb. And obviously, you know, Dick Miller, you know, classic character actor. You know, he's in all you know, Superman, Terminator. Like, he got killed by the Terminator. He's like the first person or one of the first people that the Terminator kills in 1984. But... He's, you know, he's in all these and he talks about the gremlins, you know, getting in and, you know, that's why he has his Kentucky Harvester that he drives around town. He drives a goddamn tractor around town instead of a car because, you know, the gremlins can't get in there and, and, and cause havoc and, and wreck the engine. But the, the voice cast, you got Howie Mandel, Peter fucking Cullen, who is Optimus Prime. Michael Winslow, who you'd, you'll recognize either from uh, the Police Academy movies or from Spaceballs as the guy who makes all the crazy sound effects. It's got uh, Frank Welker, who is still working today, you know, doing, you know, all kinds of, you know, Futurama, Simpsons. Uh, he does so much. Plus, you know, he did Transformers with Peter uh, Cullen. Like, there are so many amazing voice actors that are in this, and, like, I had no clue until rewatching it recently. I don't know if you have uh, other stuff you want to talk about, too. Well, no, we just kind of go into, like, what Gizmo is. So, obviously, he's different from the other gremlins. Uh, And even after his, you know, accidental reproduction, he tries to keep the other gremlins in line, but, I mean, obviously he fails. He's outnumbered. I mean, but at that point, them. they're not technically gremlins yet. They're still Mogwai. Yeah, they outnumber him, and that one little bastard one, Stripe, right. he's such a little asshole. The asshole Mogwai. Um, he's really bad. Like, he's obviously the worst. He becomes the leader of, of what becomes the gremlins. He was the first spawn. He was right. the first one to like grow and pop off, right? Um, so it's I was, and they're I mean, able. Sorry, I was just gonna say it's almost like all of the bad stuff that lie that lies dormant in you know uh, Gizmo got put into like that one um, that one right because the guy. other the other ones aren't as bad. They just kind of go very along heavily with influenced by their leader. There's that one stupid one, right? Um, he was kind of cute, but These googly eyes. They it's almost like they they knew what would happen if they were to take their final form, which is the gremlin form, which is why they trick Billy into feeding them after, like unplugging the not even unplugging destroying the alarm clock, destroying the cord, you know, chewing through the cord to destroy the alarm clock, and convincing Billy to feed them after midnight. Now. When you did your research, because this was another question that, you know, you know, I brought up, but it's been brought up many, many, many times. You can't feed them after midnight. When does that reset? Does it reset? My guess would be sunrise. I mean, that would make the most sense or maybe like eight hours. So from like midnight to 8 a.m., they can't have anything to eat. I mean, but there's no on... actual like technical like from this time frame. For... And then what about um, like Daylight fucking time, time zones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was looking at it like if they're spiritual, if they're spiritual creatures, you know, like you were talking about like how he's functionally immortal. As long as he doesn't get bright lights on him, he'll live forever. Um, If that's like the spiritual side, like the Chinese culture, which we see, you know, it's very heavily influenced by Chinese culture at the very beginning. Some maybe not accurate Chinese culture. And and some of it uh, it did not age well. No. For the most part, this movie is still great. And the reason why we're talking about it is because it's the 35th anniversary of this film coming out, the first Gremlins movie. And unlike Um, a lot of films that people talk about this time of year, this is legitimately a Christmas movie. Like, Gizmo is a Christmas present. This movie takes place on Christmas Eve. Like, Christmas factors into the plot a hundred percent. So there's no debate. Like, goddamn, Corey Feldman is dressed up as a Christmas tree for half the movie. Oh yeah, this is true. <laughs> but yeah, uh, sorry. I know you were you were talking about something else, and I interrupted you. I just lost my train of thought. That's all right. I did um, too. But anyway, but- so the naughty Mogwais, 
convince trick Billy into feeding him them after midnight and thus become this like gross chrysalis like egg like stage there's definitely some alien overmorph yeah uh, yeah influence so you know and it really you don't know especially a first time watch you don't know what they're going to turn into you know, and you see, like, this is kind of when the horror part of the film kicks in. Well, he even brings because, one to his science teacher at right, the high school. Yeah. And the, even the science teacher's like, oh, I've never seen anything like this. Oh, maybe I should call some scientists. Nope, I'm not going to do that. Here, have a candy bar. Here, have some snacks. Here, eat an apple. Like, we're just going to keep you in a cage. And even when he's a, an egg and the egg is starting to hatch, they're just like, Ooh, this is the type of heartbeat that a human has. You know, they're watching like some film strip from the fifties. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So he gets into this like chrysalis like stage, uh, egg type thing, and then they hatch, and you see, and they are pretty much full grown once they hatch from. And they're much their bigger eggs. than their mogwai form when they turn into the gremlins. They're about. Twice this because it, well, it's almost like a uh, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Well, the the body of the caterpillar is roughly the same size. Like when it's a butterfly, it just has wings. This is like a tadpole turning into a frog. Well, they have really big ears. So. They do have big ears, but they go from being like what uh, eight to ten inches tall because he's about the size of a standard teddy bear, like a build a bear. That's about how big Gizmo is. My God, could you imagine if Build-A-Bear got Gizmos? That would be awesome. But that's about how big he is. He's about the size of a -A Build-A-Bear. But then when they're, you know, the green, scaly, reptilian form, they're about twice that size. Because Stripe is able to, like, climb things and, you know, put up a good fight against Billy. Like, physically put up a good fight against him. Because he's... You know, about two and a half, three feet tall. Yeah, I was going to say, he's about half the size of Billy. Um, you know. I mean, and, they and walk st- hunched over. Right. But, you know, and, and very strong and very smart. It's almost like as smart as they were, I should say, Stripe is anyway. As smart as he was in his Mogwai form, he is probably at least ten times smarter in his gremlin form and you know the fact that he knew exactly what he needed to do in order to reproduce and create more gremlins he kind of created this whole gremlin army these minions to do his bidding and just create chaos in this town and it was up to billy and phoebe gates uh kate i think that's right kate and Gizmo to save the day. Now, one of the things I really liked about the character of Gizmo is that he never really lost his cool. Like he got frustrated a few times, but I loved it when he rode around in the backpack. I just want to talk about that for a minute because that was so freaking cute. I think that that was uh, cinematography uh, wise. um, So, cool to see because you got to see him you know rustling around being kind of banged up and stuff riding in this backpack and you got to see his reactions to certain things that you wouldn't have seen if if you were just like okay the mogwai's in the backpack right like there was some really good animatronics and some really good um you know puppeteering going on which i always thought was was pretty great um yeah it's (sighs) It's just, it's so well done, like, all the, 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 the characters, I mean, the way they make each individual gremlin, like, their own specific, like, give them their own personnel, like, there's the one that's kind of like the, the you know, the 50s film noir guy, kind of like sitting there, like, narrating, but he doesn't really speak, you know, there's the the prostitute uh, female, like the only female that they show. The- well, and that's in the second one. That's in the first one too. I thought it was she was more in the second one. There are more in the second one. Like they do more. But that's stuff. another thing too. It's not just this first film, Gremlins. It's Gremlins Two, the new batch yes. that has a whole slew of new Gremlins with new Including personalities and character. A super intelligent one with a British accent. Is that the Mohawk? No, the Mohawk is. Uh, is, is Stripe. Stripe's the Mohawk. You're 
confusing. No, but there's there's a Mohawk one in the second one. No, I think that it's been a while since I've seen it, but I think he was like the the underling. Because this one has like glasses and wears a suit. Like I don't know where a gremlin got a custom suit, but like he calls, was he called into the radio station or whatever? Like they just they interview him and it's it's crazy. There's um there's some insanity that goes along with that with that second one because it's a little bit diehard. Like it definitely has a diehard vibe to it uh, more than. You know, well, gremlins. And that's what I want to talk about, too, is the fact that, so, Gizmo has this ability to learn and adapt. And we see that because in the beginning of the film, he watched a lot of TV. And he watched, you know, car chases. And then in the second one, he was watching Rambo. And we see that pay off at the end of the first film. He's driving around in the car in the mall and you know like those little like power wheel type things that i think they still have no that was a barbie car was it a barbie car it was a barbie car power wheels no power wheels are big enough for but it was toddlers. like it was a remote control car like it was something that he somehow could he run was himself. driving it like that's what it's i magic of movies <laughs> um so anyways he's driving around in this car because he saw it on tv and he was mimicking what he saw and he was ultimately able to save the day by driving around in this cute little car you know just zooming about the mall you know taking out gremlins and then in the second one he had seen rambo and decided to go rambo on all of those gremlins asses the uh the power that he has uh the closest thing i can think of is like being able to watch something and then do it is uh, very much like the Marvel character Taskmaster, who has what's called photographic reflexes. Basically, what that means is he, if he watches something, he can do it. Like, you know, Gizmo watches the, uh, the, the car racing movie and can then drive a car around, despite having never seen a car. You know, he's able to do this. Or... You know, like in Taskmaster's case, as a high school student, he watched a an NFL game and then became like an all-star quarterback just by watching someone else do it, which is how he's able to do all the stuff he can do. Uh, and you'll see see him in the Black Widow movie next year. But yeah, getting back to Gizmo, it's like the same thing. You know, they have, uh, I wouldn't say really high intelligence, but they have problem-solving intelligence like they know their own weaknesses and what they can and cannot do like we see stripe after getting into the confrontation with uh billy and like they're you know they're fighting billy's got a bat and stripe has the chainsaw and they get into this big confrontation um stripe in order to uh kind of get away with what he's doing goes and cuts the power at the ymca and then goes into the pool to you know, uh, multiply, and then he tries jumping in the fountain at the end after he fights Billy with the chainsaw. And at that same time, Gizmo is, you know, formulating a plan to open up the window because he sees the light and he figures if he can uh, open up the light, you know, use that light to kill Stripe, then things will be okay. Even though it's great risk to himself. You know, like even getting his picture taken, like, sent him for a loop, which, again, was one of the coolest scenes because of the way they make the puppet, like, eyes go in different directions. And it's it's something that you wouldn't expect except for maybe, like, claymation or, like, hand-drawn animation, you know, at that point, you know, 1984 when this came out. The way they do it, like, it's done so well. Like, one of the things that I thought was, like, really crazy was at one point... In addition to actually before they were trying to use like uh, puppets because they had so many different gremlins, like we were saying, they actually tried using monkeys to play the gremlins to have them like jump around and do all the crazy shit. Yeah, they they put like, you know, prosthetics and stuff on monkeys. And so because you see like the gremlins hanging from the ceiling fan and like jumping around and running around throwing things and like going crazy. And it would be easier to just kind of film monkeys going crazy, doing, like, wacky shit. But they ended up, uh, one of the monkeys freaked out when they tried to put a gremlin head on him. 
So they were like, okay, this isn't going to work because we can't get them to wear the gremlin head. And, you know, obviously they don't want to freak out the animals. So on some of the scenes where they show like a close up, they had actually built like big gremlin heads uh, or mogwai heads. So it was easier to kind of like just operate the face. You know, so they had separate puppets. You know, they had the ones that they would pick up and, and move around. They had the ones that would, you know, interact, you know, like from the waist up or the legs, you know, the ones that would walk around. And then they had like the bigger heads with the faces that were more expressive so they could do they could do more. They could put more uh, like wiring and technology into the heads so the heads could do various things. You know, like we were talking about with Gizmo earlier when he gets the camera flash and he kind of like, you know, his eyes go all googly and everything. So uh, one of the things we didn't talk about is uh, one of the things we usually talk about when we talk about these movies is when did you first see this? Like, do you remember how old you were when you first saw this movie? I don't remember. I honestly don't. Um, I'm almost as old as this film, so it's always been around. It's always been a thing. I remember my mom had a, I think she still has them actually, a stuffed gizmo that if you shake him up and down, he squeaks. So, you know, just 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 like the real gizmo. I would say people do that, too. If you shake them up and down, they squeak. I remember seeing this when I was young, maybe five or six. So, like, late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, when I saw it, I I misinterpreted a few things. Like, a couple that I didn't quite understand. Like, when the, uh, the one in the science teacher's classroom turns from Mogwai to Gremlin... And he's trying to he's chasing it around, trying to trying to catch it. And he takes the candy bar out and gives it the candy bar to kind of lure it out. I thought it like ate his head, but like I mean, obviously it kills him somehow, but you know, I wasn't sure like exactly what it did. Like apparently it just ate his arms and like he died from that. But where does this rank for you, like the uh the creatures as far as uh because last week we were talking about our favorite Muppets, and, you know, he's not quite a Muppet, but where would you put him, you know, as far as, like, cute Muppet creatures? Because I, I, I think I'd put Gizmo pretty high up. Well, what are you wanting me to do? Rank how cute he is, or rank, like, the actual creature design, and or just, like, the overall? The overall, like, where would you put him? I mean, him? he's definitely in my top ten. He's not up there as, say, like the Fraggles or some of the other Muppets or like the Labyrinth creatures from Jim Henson's. I think pretty much my top five is probably all Jim Henson That's fair. Uh, related creatures. But I think, you know, Mogwai, uh, Gizmo and, and the Gremlins are definitely up there in my top 10. I really don't. I, I can't think of a number to give them right now. Yeah, that's right. Because it's, it's hard. I kind of sprung that on you. We didn't plan that. I would say that they're pretty high up. Um, so I think that's you know, pretty much where we're going to wrap this up. So we'll take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, give you a little bit of a preview of what's coming up next week and what we're going to be doing in uh, the future and early next year. So we'll be right back. Hello again, everyone. It's Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, here with a special message for you from Richie the Whiz Kid. You know... A town without best darn diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's WizKid, Richie the WizKid, and I come before you good fans of Springfield with probably the greatest podcast. Uh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville podcast. Now you wait here just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to best darn diddly and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly Review Show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series. Holy sidetracking, guys! The train just came off the tracks! Derailers! Be sure to follow the Derailers on Twitter at the Derailers! And make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube, so you can catch the episode next week, folks. Same derailment time, same derailment channel. (laughs) 
And we are back, so hopefully you uh, maybe learned a few things about gremlins that you didn't know before. Like, I certainly did. I had no idea that, you know, it, the word mogwai is, uh, came from Sanskrit and, and Chinese culture. Uh, talked about mogwai as uh, kind of like uh, vengeful spirits. I had no idea about that. I had no idea about some of the research that you did, Ashes, about finding out that there was a, a novelization of right? gremlins. Right? There's a book. Like, there's a book. Who yeah. knew? No idea. No, I had no clue. But again, rewatching it, you know, I found out that all of the uh, these amazing voice actors were in it. So, you know, I learned a lot about this. So hopefully uh, you folks at home did, too. But uh, we're starting to wrap up this this episode. So we have to get to battle results because we came up with a, a new battle last week. And uh, Ashes, why don't you give us the results of the battle? So last week we threw down the conundrum of the cute which creature is more adorable? Pinning Gizmo against Baby Yoda. And unsurprisingly, Baby Yoda won. Yeah, the little green Baby Babushka. It's really not that. With his little toothies. Really not that surprising. He's got little toothies. He does. Uh, so what do, we got, what do we got coming up? Next week we have a different episode. And then we've got some announcements for uh, early next year. So do you want to go through what we've got coming up? What if I said no? Well, then I would do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, then no. Um, no. So next week we are talking about the characters from the horror Christmas classic, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes. And it, uh, hopefully, uh, depending on where you live, hopefully that the episode drops on Garbage Day. Garbage day. We'll have some really good music for uh, for that episode as well, because we're going to be closing this with uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite bands, Teal, that we've gotten to see live a few times playing with the Deadites. Uh, they have a, a song called Mogwai, and I did get permission from uh, from uh, the gentleman who is uh, essentially responsible for Teal, so. Uh, he he did give us permission to use this, so I'm very excited to share some of uh, his music with uh, you folks at home because he's super talented and I love his stuff and he's very uh, very inspired by '80s by the '80s uh, in a lot of his in a lot of his music, like his songs uh, "Shadow Work Road," "Shadow Work Lane." I always forget uh, "Crystal Lake," "Dark Passenger," which is obviously a, a Dexter reference. Um, 88 miles per hour. So if you uh, the Deadites. So if you like the 80s and you like synth music, definitely check him out. He did an awesome cover of the Stranger Things theme. But what do we we have a an a, a little bit of an announcement for what's coming next year. Uh kind of like a makeup uh, a rain date. So uh why don't you tell the folks at home about that? So next year uh in February February 21st. Actually, I can't say February. February? 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 It's kind of like library, but library is easier to say. February. So coming next year in February, 21st through the 23rd, it is actually the makeup weekend for Wicked Weekend that is now being held at the Hilton Hotel down in Mystic, Connecticut. So what had happened was they kind of outgrew the venue. And instead of turning people away, they decided to look for a larger venue. And unfortunately, in December, a lot of the larger venues are already booked because of the holidays. So the convention, convention festival is now in February. And uh, it's going to be a good time. So they're already making some more announcements as to some new guests and vendors. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's shaping up to be quite the event. So Wicked Weekend, stay tuned for some more information regarding that. And we found out today, uh, our buddy uh, Stephen from Super Retro Throwback Reviews uh, let us know that there is a, a brand new Mexican restaurant opening like 30 seconds from the hotel venue so ask me to say february after a couple of margaritas that's gonna be super exciting and i'm i'm looking forward to that and there's a a, a pasta place that our buddy leo told us about so by the time you're hearing this we'll have had a couple of things uh come out this week 
I did my uh, my Shark Bites episode with Anthony T from Anthony T's Horror Show, uh, Bob Mendel of On Your Deathbed. It's Mendel, not Mendel. I keep it's. I was thinking Howie Mandel from earlier. Bob Mendel from uh, it came from the Five Hundred Eight Studios, The Box, one of the greatest uh, montage scenes ever in in cinematic history. Uh, join me as well as the Rev from the Evil Streaks and the Negans to talk about our thoughts and predictions for The Rise of Skywalker, which comes out, well, by the time you're listening to this today. Uh, so we're very excited about that. We also had, as we mentioned earlier, the uh, Cretans Guild Christmas read. We did that. And um, yesterday, well, if you're listening to this on Thursday, so yesterday, uh, Wednesday, we joined the uh, the Dorks podcast to talk episode seven and eight. And... Uh, I'm sure I helped derail that conversation all over the place because that is one of the things that I like to do when it comes to Star Wars. But I think with that being said, we'll go ahead and bring this episode to a close and we will see you next Thursday. Thursday.